Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Well, my name is Bishop Joseph Matera, and I'm delighted that you have decided to join us, and I'm excited that our church family continues to expand every single week, with or without a crisis. We're seeing God move. We're seeing God do some incredible things, some extraordinary things. And so, uh, again, if you want to connect with us, use the chat that's on this YouTube station. Email us at info at reschurchnewyork.com. That's NY, not New York. And if you would like to be added to our Zoom call, we have Zoom calls every Tuesday night from 7.30 to 8.30. We have a prayer meeting that you could join. Also, every day there are daily devotionals via Zoom video. Pastor Gary Hardley, our executive pastor in Staten Island, he will be leading that, and that, again, is through a Zoom call. And remember, you could always listen to our messages. You don't have to wait until Sunday. Uh, this YouTube station can be viewed at any time. You could share it with your friends and family, even if they missed uh, the 1030 start of our service. And we have hundreds of past audio messages on our Res Church uh, app Res Church New York. You could download that on the app store, Res Church New York, R-E-S-C-H-U-R-C-H. Also, remember that during this crisis, uh, we still need to continue the work of the Lord, so please send your tithes and offerings, continue to support the work of God, and, uh, and if for some reason you don't have an app or no online access to give, you could mail a check to Resurrection Church, P.O. Box 200-295, Brooklyn, New York, 11220. That's Resurrection Church, P.O. Box 200-295, Brooklyn, New York, 11220. And we do hope and pray that you will consider uh, supporting the work of the Lord because we can't do this without your support. Well, today, Resurrection Church Sunday, we're going to be ministering the word as usual, and I can't wait to share what the Lord has laid upon my heart. So let's pray, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp for our feet, a light for our path. Your word we have hidden in our heart that we may not sin against you. We meditate on your word day and night so that we could be like a tree planted by the rivers of water so that we could observe to do all that you've commanded us and so we could be strong and courageous. So give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I wanted to do is talk about two psalms that go together, uh, to me, that depict the times that we're living in. So what I'm going to call this message is the Psalms and the Resurrection of the Messiah. The Psalms and the Resurrection of the Messiah. I remember when I first came to Christ, I used to call it the Book of Palms. It's not Palms. It's Psalms. So uh, that's somewhere right in the middle of your Bible, if you're not used to this. 
My objective today is to show you how in the midst of the troubles of this world, God has risen above it all through his son, Jesus Christ, who rose on Easter Sunday above all things. While I'm ministering, ask yourself the question, am I giving God space to operate in my life during these uncertain times? Am I living in fear or faith? And am I taking the time to rejoice in his love and his provision for me, or am I slammed with worry and fear? And so these are questions to ask yourself. So we're going to start off with Psalm 46, and then we're going to go right to Psalm 47 and end the message with that. I do, I do believe that God juxtaposed these two Psalms together on purpose so that we can get a big picture of how to trust him in the midst of turmoil and trouble. Jesus specifically said in Luke 24 that the Psalms speak of him. 75 of the Psalms was written by David and the other 75 by others who were uh, anointed people of God who were psalmists and prophets and some of them were connected to David. And so we're going to look at Psalm 46. We're going to go through parts of it, not every verse. So if you have your Bible, go to Psalm 46. We're using the New King James Version, and I love this. To me, this is a key psalm during the coronavirus scare. Uh, psalm 46 has been just resonating in my soul throughout this whole time. And so he says, uh, uh, David says this, God is our refuge and strength. It's not President Trump. It's not politics. It's not the military. It's not the national God. It is God who is our refuge and strength. And it says he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. So he doesn't say we won't have trouble, but he's saying in the midst of trouble, he is an ever-present help. So this shows us the, the tension between being in trouble, but at the same time having God's presence and power during that test. God doesn't deliver us from trouble, but he's with us in the midst of trouble. So we have to trust that it's the same thing that's going on right now in the midst of this coronavirus trial. Verse 2, he says, therefore, because God is our refuge and strength, not because the government has it all together or the military is so strong, but because God is our refuge and strength, verse 2, we will not fear, even though the earth be moved or removed. The earth being removed represents not only the geographic natural earth, but all the systems that support the people of the earth, the political systems, the economic systems, and the business systems. And I might add, even the healthcare systems. So we will not fear, though all these systems, though the earth and everything that's represented in the earth, all the civilization, be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, mountains represent political systems in the Bible and Scripture, and though its waters roar and be troubled, waters represent people in Scripture. You can look at that in Isaiah 57, 20, in Revelation 17, 15. Waters are a metaphor for the population, for masses of people. So though the waters roar and be troubled, and we see that today all over with panic and people uh, uh, just trying to avoid getting sick, and though the mountains Shake with its swelling, again, the mountains represent nations and even political systems. Though all of that happened, it says what? Verse 4, in the midst of that, there is a river 
Wow, say that after me. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. So while the earth is roaring and quaking and mountains shaking, in the midst of all that is troubled, there is a river that makes glad the city of God. Well, the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 12, 22, that the church has come into the heavenly Jerusalem. It actually says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, that we are presently citizens of heaven. Galatians 4 also refers to the fact that when we come to Christ, we are part of the heavenly Jerusalem. And so it's really powerful. So it says there's a river that makes glad the city of God. In the midst of all this, in this tension, God's people can experience the river and give us joy and give us gladness. It's the holy place of the tabernacle, the Most High. So uh, the kingdom of God is all of creation. God rules everything, but the throne of God that the kingdom of God emanates from comes from the throne that is in the tabernacle of heaven. And so God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God's very manifest presence emanates from the throne of God in heaven. He's in the midst, and she will not be moved. God will help her just as at the break of dawn. So what he's saying is from the midst of the throne, which is in heaven, God is coming, filling his people with joy and gladness from the streams that emanate from his throne. Wow. Ooh, that could preach. So while the earth is raging, the rivers of God are also flowing at the same time. And everybody can drink from that who believes in Jesus. So the joy of the Lord is in the midst of suffering. And that, by the way, is one of the greatest signs that Jesus Christ has risen, is that we could be different from others. Instead of hoarding, we serve. Instead of fear, we have faith. Instead of thinking we depend on the government for our goods and our services, the Bible says man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Instead of having an orphan spirit of uh, self-preservation, we believe the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not lack. So this is the greatest witness how Christians can distinguish themselves from the world during this time of panic. Uh, we shouldn't have any fear of death as believers. We should be drinking of the river, having a taste of heaven now, understanding that Jesus has already destroyed death. And he said, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who lives will never see death or even taste death. The resurrection guarantees that we will not experience separation from God. The moment our heart stops beating, our spirit seamlessly goes into the very presence of God. Oh, that's powerful. And so he says that God is in the midst of his kingdom there. God will help her, and she will not be moved. And so while the kingdom of heaven and those who belong to it will not be moved, the earth is quaking at the same time. Wow. Psalm 99, verse 1 and 2 says, The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Those are the two angelic beings. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion. He is high above all the people. So while the earth is moving, God is dwelling in the midst of the cherubim, meaning 
God is the only stable force in the universe. He's the only unshakable shaker. He's the only uncaused cause. He's the only objective person in the whole universe. Everything else is subjectively emanating from his actions. And so while the earth is quaking, while the earth is moving, God reigns and he is great in Zion. Wow. It says in verse 6, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Somebody say Selah. Wow, that's great. I like that even better than amen. So the same God who created the universe with his voice, as we see in Genesis 1 and Hebrews 11.3, framed the world through his word by faith. That same voice could still shift the earth. So he said he uttered his voice and the earth melted, meaning he could melt every system. And we see system shaking in one day. He's able to do it. And so while the city of God cannot be moved because God is in the midst of her, the kingdoms of the earth are moved and troubled just by the sound of his voice. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord. He has made desolations in the earth. The works of the Lord is not just revival. It's not just power and prayer and healing. The work of the Lord is also bringing desolation and judgment to the systems to get people to turn back to God. Some people have a dualistic view of the Bible that anything that looks good is from God, anything that looks bad is from the devil. But God is sovereign, and sometimes he uses desolations. Sometimes he's known by his judgment, and sometimes it's only in the midst of crises that people actually turn to God. I thank God for some of the crises of my life, because if it wasn't for personal crises, I may have never had a heart to go after God. I would have kept on going my way. So some of you, at the sound of my voice, you're in a lot of fear and panic. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you have no finances. Maybe you're afraid of death. Maybe you have the virus, or maybe you have the symptoms of a virus. Let that be the impetus to turn to God so he could take away the fear of death and give you a sense of peace in the midst of your turmoil. Then he says in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. So in the midst of turmoil, he's saying be still, meaning and it almost sounds contradictory. Instead of running around like a chicken without a head, being in panic like everybody else, in the midst of this panic, it's an opportunity to be still and to really know God. And it almost seems like the coronavirus is causing a forced Sabbath. No sports, no work, unless you're an essential worker. Most people have to be stuck in their house. Wow, what a time to give God opportunity space to know him. Maybe you crack your Bible open. Maybe you could start praying. Maybe you could start listening to our messages online. But be still and know that he is God. But that also means that you could be still in your heart. In the midst of all the turmoil, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. So there's a rest in our soul in the midst of the turmoil. He said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world when he said in the same sentence that in the world you will have tribulation. And that's in John 16, 33. And the reason why we could uh, have joy and peace in the midst of tribulation is what he says in the next part of that verse. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. 
So right now we know he's real. We know he's God. We don't need any more proof. We've already sensed his presence. We already have enough proof. But eventually the whole world is going to know it. He said, I'm going to be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. One day in the day of judgment, when Jesus comes back a second time to reign forever, the whole world is going to know that. But because we understand that, because we know him now, and because we anticipate his second coming, we could be in peace knowing that nothing that happens to us can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And then it says... That the uh, God of Jacob is our refuge. He is with us. And so what we have to understand here is that no matter what is going on, he's still the God of Jacob, meaning he's the multi-generational God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God that showed up for Abraham, the same God that showed up for Isaac, showed up for uh, Jacob showed up for Joseph, showed up for Moses, showed up for Elijah, Elisha, David, uh, Samson, all these people. He's the same God who will show up for you in the midst of your crises. And then we jumped right now, we jump right away to Psalm 47. And I, as I said in the beginning, it's not an accident. God put these two Psalms together. Psalm 46 is almost more of the turmoil. Perhaps it depicts the uh, crucifixion of Christ, the silence of God for those three days, and then we go right into resurrection, Psalm 47. He says, oh, clap your hands, oh, you people. That wouldn't be a bad thing to do now, clap. Shout to, the God, to, to God with the voice of triumph. People get all excited in football games, but when they come to church, they're like dead. Well, God said, shout, clap, because this is good news. Why are we shouting? Why are we clapping? For the Lord God most high is awesome. Not because America is awesome. The Lord God is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. So after all the tests and trials of Psalm 46, we now have this message of triumph of God as king. And so in order to serve God, we need to always keep our eyes focused on the fact that Jesus is our conquering king. God has already been exalted. God is on top of all the nations. Uh, and then he says in verse 3, He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. Verse 4, He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. And so he says, he will subdue the people under us. So basically, God can force the whole earth to go into his Sabbath. He could subdue the people, all the activity of the people. He could sovereignly stop what's going on. And uh, presently, we've seen he's closed all the gods of America all at once, the God of sports, the God of money, and the God of individual freedom. And one day, he's going to subdue all nations forever. And he says that God has gone up with a shout that is prophetically depicting that resurrection, uh, accompanied with the sound of the trumpet. Jesus has resurrected, and he's gone up with a shout, and that can also be translated with a war cry. He defeated Satan. He took the keys of hell and death. And after he defeated the enemy, he shouted and rose from the dead, broke the chains over every human being who believes in him. 
So that war cry, Jesus is our David who slew Goliath, defeated the Goliath, the Satan, rose with a war cry, and he could be your victor. You don't have to be a victim anymore. He's already placed all things demonic under his feet, and he's placed them under the feet of those who believe because he tells us that he subdues peoples under us, not just under him. And it tells us in Ephesians 1 that he put all things under our feet. So you could walk uh, in high places of the earth right now, meaning you don't have to be a victim. You could be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And you could begin to experience the joy of the Lord even now in the midst of your turmoil. Verse 6, what is the result? How should we respond Sing praises to God. Sing praises. You know, the highest form of existence is praising and worshiping God. We were created for that reason. Sometimes people think, well, we have worship in the beginning to set up the word. Well, I believe the word sets us up for worship. Worship is the ultimate, the penultimate of our life. Verse 7, for God is the king of the earth. Sing praises with understanding. We should know who we are worshiping. Uh, Jesus said the, the, the Jews understand salvation, but he told the Samaritan woman, you worship whom you know not. The salvation is of the Jews. When we worship, we should know and understand the God we're worshiping. We should be in the scriptures, hear teaching, be uh, uh, taught the first principles, understand and get to know God. And the more we get to know God, the more deep and substantive our worship will be. God reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. The princes of the earth have gathered together. The people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He owns all the military equipment. He is the one who orchestrates things, and he could stop war anytime he wants. And so he's eventually going to gather all the rulers together under his power. He reigns over the nations. The people have gathered together. Because the shields of the earth belong to God, he could quelch the power of any military in a moment. And so in light of the resurrection of Jesus, the church is called to walk out the implications of that resurrection to the unbelieving world with faith, knowing that God rules over the nations, that God can squelch any military power, that God could put anything under his feet and already has, and in a moment of time, he could end this coronavirus. But even if he didn't intend on doing it right away, in the midst of that, as you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he is a great king. He's already risen. He's God over the whole world. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's your Psalm 46 that is with you in the midst of turmoil in which you could drink from the river of God. So that you can exalt the Lord with the exultant Psalm 47 and clap your hands and sing praises to him because he's already won the victory. And so today, the question I have for you is, as we end this Easter Sunday message, are you only rejoicing when the world rejoices like in a sporting event? Or do you also rejoice in the midst of uncertainty and instability like we have now in the world? Do you understand if you're a Christian, your prophetic role to demonstrate the reign of Christ over the nations. And if you lack the hope of resurrection, will you want Jesus Christ to be your resurrection and your life? 
So in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this trouble, we can drink from that stream that emanates and flows from the river of God. I want to pray with you right now, and then the worship team is going to minister again. And please make sure you receive Christ. Make sure he is your resurrection in your life. Please communicate with us. Uh, please continue to stay connected. Please understand that we love you. Email us. Communicate. Connect during the week. And continue to understand that as we work together, as we support the church, even financially, as we work together in prayer for our nation, as we work together by uh, making sure everybody's doing okay, as we continue to meet as a church, whether in person or online, understand that we do it with great anticipation that God is in control, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus instead of any pandemic or problem is the key to walking in victory. It's the key to walking out the resurrection of Christ that we're celebrating today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the resurrection of Jesus who broke the power of sin and death, who's the God of the earth, who utters his voice and the earth melts, who's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's the God sometimes who's silent. During those three days, he was silent when Jesus is in the grave. But he's also silent because he's working in our hearts, anticipating the day when he breaks through. We thank you, God, that we anticipate the day when you break through this coronavirus, when you work all things for good, because we love you. But even in the midst of this virus, even before we see a breakthrough, we thank you that we're drinking from the stream of the living God because you're not, uh, you're not a victim of any circumstance. Neither do we have to be. You don't depend on this world's goods. You are not somebody who gets scared or panics. But you own all the shields of the earth. And you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And the, all the earth is yours. And so, Father, we pray that during this pandemic, you will provide the needs of all your people. We pray that fear will be replaced with faith. And most importantly, that every person would receive you as Lord and Savior. Again, as I said during communion, to repeat, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God rose Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm going to give you another opportunity to pray that prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you. In Jesus name I thank you that Jesus died for me I thank you that he rose from the dead and I thank you that because he could come in my life and I ask you now Jesus come in my life I will rise with you and never experience death if you pray that prayer communicate with us on the chat room on the YouTube station Email us at info at reschurchny.com and stay connected any way possible. The worship team is going to minister now. God bless you. This is Pastor Joseph Matera. We trust that you were blessed. 
For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.